comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Episode number 38 of the DC TV podcast. How you doing? We are back because Gotham is back. The second episode of the second season called Knock Knock. Who's there? It's the Maniacs. And a um, lot of them. Yes. Wow. Were there ever. And they were very busy this episode, too. Yes. But uh, joining <laughs> joining me, as always, tra- to traipse through the DC uh, t- television universe, are the school bus driver for the Gotham, Gotham City cheerleaders, Mr. Gerald Taylor. Why do we have to ride buses every little time? I don't like it. You know, they got the... Well, well, I guess we'll get to that when we get to the episode. But, man, do they hang up them all really quickly? They sure did. Like, like, it's like 10 seconds. Boom. They're all, like, chained. It didn't take any time at all. Oh, stop. Stop whining, Jim. Let's get to it. <laughs> and the uh, Gotham City Police Department uh, custodian, and, man, he's got a lot of red to clean up off the floors, Mr. Jeb Sheldon. <laughs> Is he muted in there? I think he's still muted. Cause he's, he's still muted. Wow. <laughs> of course he is. Batteries to power. Turbines to speed. Roger. Ready to move out. Batman 66 when they started up the This week we got out. Uh, we got, like I said, we got the second uh, episode from the second season of Gotham, the continuation of Rise of the Villains. It was called Knock Knock. And we also have a bunch of DC TV news to go over tonight. Uh, a lot of uh, uh, interesting stuff going on there. Uh, next week, guys, next week is the big week. We get The Flash back. We get Arrow back. We get I Zombie back. On top of Gotham, um, you know, I thought, you know, this is a better episode, I thought, than the first of the season. I'll say that much. They're all back next week. Here's my question for you guys. Before The um, Flash and Arrow come back and before I Zombie come back, what do you really want to see in those shows coming up, and what don't you want to see? Like, for instance, here's here's mine. The Flash, I really want to see how they pull out the Earth 2 stuff. I'm okay. really interested to see how they do that, how they mm-hmm. keep it, you know, without from getting confusing, you know, what 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 version of Zoom we're going to get, the, that kind of thing. Those are the kinds of want to see, things I want to see. What I don't want to see is them getting bogged down in the Barry and Iris um, relationship. I mean... It, and you know, and the Eddie, you know what I mean? Yeah. The whole back and forth in the first season, I thought that was like one of the, you know, the weakest parts. I mean, of of the show. Not that the show's weak in any way. I really like it a lot. But I mean, that's what I kind of do and don't want to see. Like with Arrow, I do want to see Damian Dark, and I want to see the the Hive and and how badass they could be. And uh, you know, I want to see a Star City that you know needs the Arrow to come back. And that's the only reason why he would do so. Not just like, eh, whatever, I'm not doing anything else but begging Felicity. I might as well come back, you know. I want to really see the reason for him. I want to see, like, a good, 
reason for him to come back, a good motivation, you know. And what I don't want to see is just them kind of, you know, playing that off and just bringing him back, like, really quickly with no explanation. I'm, I'm really hoping that that is, like, the meat of the story in the next season because I think it really, you know, after, after he was kind of, you know, good and bad. I mean, as we discussed, as it happened. But I think season four, really, I really wanted it to be, I'm hoping it's a lot more focused than season yeah, three. Yeah, cohesive. Uh, I mean, it seems like, you know, with The Hive and Damien Dark and everything, they're going to, they want to focus it. They want it, you know, to all go in one direction. And that's what I'm hoping for, anyway. Yeah. Uh, for Arrow, I, like, one thing I would love to see is the team gelling and uh, them playing more with the mythos, of, you know, with DC characters. Sure. What I would not like to see is, is no more of Oliver not being sure of his role as Green, as, as Arrow. Yeah, I agree. I think he's earned it, man. He should be. He's done. He he's should done. be confident in his role. Well, he be like, okay, this is where I am now. This is who I am now. And I've come back to Because we've had That's, three seasons of him yeah. going back and forth. Yep. Well, um, but I get the feeling that's what this is. You know, the whole rise of the green arrow. The whole... I, that's what I'm looking forward to. Is I'm hoping to see them smartly pull in more of the comic book element. Because, obviously, it's working for them on some of their other properties. They're going to make it a little more comic booky than it was. With, and... I, I'm looking forward to that as long as it's done smartly. And, you know, these are the people that do Flash, and so I expect it right. to be done smartly. Uh, on Flash, oh, the other thing on on Arrow that I want to see is um, the Constantine spot. So, Oh, yeah, on. totally. But, I mean, we know that's coming. I think yeah. something that's going to be interesting for Arrow, too, if you think about it, in this universe, he was the first one. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? He predates in yeah. their timeline. He predates everyone else pretty much. All right. For yeah. What he's doing, you know, as a, as a vigilante in the streets or whatever. So it's interesting to see him and and like the Flash be the ones who everything else spins off of. Like they're the ones that are giving that pep talk to the Legends of Tomorrow in that trailer. You know, they're the because ones because they're the Batman Superman of the, right of exactly all. And I really want to see Oliver grow into that role. So like the, right. the guy who's like the, the, the most seasoned of the bunch is like, look. You don't know what you're talking about. I've been at this like long he would, you. It's, let me let it's me funny. let me explain how life is to you. You know, right? It's funny how he was so well written like that in the Flash part of the episode. Remember yes. when they had the first crossover? Yes. How he was training uh, a Barry. I think that that's the way we want to see um, see him. You know, treat the other people with powers like you you you're confident in your own abilities you know what you can do you fought other people with abilities so you know you know you you've you've been in these situations life or life or death situations where you you know basically you know what could happen in in a real situation well it's kind of like the hawkeye conundrum with avengers i mean he really has to earn his spot you know he has to Mm -hmm. earn his stripes more than just, you know, Batman's being an archer. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, here's a guy who's basically just, you know, very well trained with bows and arrows, and, you know, with bows and arrows, standing next to people with super speed, or, or you know, atomic suits of armor, or, you know, all these different, you know, gadgets or, oh. or superpowers. Well, what hurts and I you? think with, with Oliver being in that, like, you know, he was the first, he's, like, a little more mature than the rest of them. I think right. with that role, like, he, that's why he's kind of, like, proving why he's able to stand, uh, you know, with those guys and kind of lead them as well, you know. And I really want to see him grow into that. 
you know. Because what hurts, uh, um, I think what hurts Hawkeye and what doesn't hurt Arrow because they don't have that problem is that he's on a team with the with people that are tacticians already, you know. And you have already you have Captain America and you have um, Nick Fury around. You already have people that call shots, so that you don't. So it it, it makes Hawkeye kind of take right. a back seat. And going back so, to your Batman analogy, it's like you know Batman mm-hmm. has no superpowers, yeah, that's what I was but it's say, obviously yeah. you know it's obvious why he's in the right. Justice League. You know what I mean? And it's mm-hmm. the same deal with Arrow in this universe. He's really right that kind of a cornerstone and linchpin, I think. And I think if as they're going to expand this and maybe tie it into Supergirl down the road and all this other stuff, then, mm-hmm. like, he is going to be, like, like you said, the Batman, but, like, one of those linchpin characters that everything else revolves around. And right. Well, Stephen Amell was quoted this week, you know, saying that pretty much Arrow, Flash, and Legends of Tomorrow are just going to be one big show. And, in, mm-hmm. you know, right. which I think is fantastic. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but and, they're also going to have to be contained enough within themselves to people who don't watch every single show every single time. They have their own stories lost. going on. But how like, you see how they're all going to be like... and not watch them all, though? Come on! Yeah, yeah. I mean, you and me and Daryl, I mean, we're the kind of people that will, but not everyone will. You know, yeah. some people are just and going to have, Flash, or, you know, some people are just checking right. the other out, you know? And, and then you have people that, uh, with kids, who they can, they feel more comfortable watching Flash with their right. kids... And would arrow their weight because they don't feel a little more violent content. Yeah, absolutely. I, I feel that way. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's true. Our so. kids are still a few years away from watching the Flash, whatever, but right. I mean, I'd have them watch that usually, you know, before before Arrow because Arrow. You and know. the and the the thing I would not want to see with the Flash anymore is I would not want to see um, I would not want to see secrets being kept from Iris. Yeah. Because that that is what makes a character unlikable when everyone knows the secret but them. Like no more of the we won't tell her because it's too dangerous for her. Yeah, to they played out that whole full foil uh, role for her too, too long already. I agree. Right. Uh, for Arrow, I definitely what I would not want to see any more of. No more dumb police officers. <laughs> like they've done it overboard. It, it's been overboard now with how inept. The police force have been in in uh, Central City. I mean, not Central City with um, Starling City. It, it's time to to bulk up the police. I wish that they would have an episode. Well, we have Star they're... City now. Well, Star City. I, I wish. Well, I'm saying they... maybe they they have an upgraded police force. Well, a lot of them were killed. A lot of police officers were killed. So I would love if they would have something where you know they they would talk about that they have people transfer in or they have you know better train more veterans being uh, transferring into the police force to kind of just, uh, you know, like cool. I know they want to... cool a cool way to do mm-hmm. it is if they had like some veterans on the force who had gone through all that stuff with brick yes, and all that and saw that yes. the arrow could be useful in, in yeah. a situation like that and, you know, just kind of like the way the cops are in Gotham about Batman. You yes, know, exactly. we keep going back to this, you know, the same right. thing, but you know, the the there's always there's that one scene where you know with the young cop and the old cop in uh, Dark Knight Returns. You know what I mean? Where the old cop just like just hang back, you know, watch what he does. You know, right? And the, the, I think they, if they went through all that stuff with Brick when he took over that part of the city, you know, they they definitely saw the Arrow had a you know leadership role there and a usefulness that you know because you don't have to cause you don't make the villains look better by making the police look worse, right? 
Like, if anything, if you make the police smart and they still get killed or beat, that even, that, that uh, you know, makes the, the, the villains even more dangerous in my eyes. Like, that, that even makes it more to the point where you're like, we need Arrow. Like, it's not regular cops can't do this anymore. We but, need that extra training, someone with that extra training to, to help with this. Here's my question. Is Oliver going to go public, though? Because, I mean, how is this whole population supposed to forget that he, it was found out he was Arrow? Right. I thought, well, I thought Arrow. Oliver Queen died, though, publicly. Like in that, They put it on, remember, they put it on, um, the public thinks that it was, uh, not Speedy, um, Roy. Or Roy. Roy. The yeah. public thinks it's Roy. Well, yeah, but I mean, there's enough you know, conspiracies to get around, you know. I don't know. Really. I don't know. I mean, people can always hint and think, is, is he the guy that's Arrow or not? I don't know. But to the public at hand, they left it at the, he was proven to be it was Roy and not, and Roy's dead and not, um, and not Ollie. So, I don't I don't know. It's just going to be interesting how they kind of smooth that out. Because, I mean, yeah. or, or does this world not have facial recognition software that somebody's going to start getting, a, you know, their conspiracy in their head? Well, everybody's wearing masks now, so, <laughs> yeah. and bad helmets. So, I was going to uh, say, that's one thing I don't want to see the new arrow is the new Diggle helmet. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it, well, if we could get rid of that, that would be awesome. Well, maybe Magneto's not using it anymore, and, you know. No, I don't, and I don't. What's the other thing I did want to see? I what I want to see is I would I love I would love to see more of um, Oliver training her sister, his sister. Yeah, that would be yes. Cool. And I I'd I'd also it. like to see Laurel become less of a joke and more of a serious vigilante. And yes, and she looks so much healthier in real life than she does. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Show. In Baltimore, she was in Baltimore, and she she uh, looks a lot uh, better. <laughs> Do you want to elaborate on that? Uh, she looks that, she, she on looks, TV or something. Or? She looks so. I don't know. So on TV, she looks so skinny, like like she had lost more weight on the show and than she was in the first few seasons, and it just looked like, you know, she just she looked like she. She looked like she couldn't be the fighter in person, and seeing her in, in person, she she looks a little a uh, lot better and and more uh, lively, I should say. That she can handle it. She uh, looks uh, more live than recorded, is what you're saying. I said lively. Oh, okay. Lively. Lovely, lovely woman. Um. And uh, what else would I would like to see? I would like to not. I would. I'd be great. It'd be great if the captain can stop being mad at at, at Ollie for the for Sarah dying. I'm about done with that already. Yeah, it's like I don't know. She he knew she was part of a group called League of Assassins, right? I'm saying, yeah, yeah right. So like, yeah. Uh, she's part of Girl Scouts of America or something. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, they they played for keeps, so. I don't know why he kind of you know blames still blames Ollie for that, but it's it's a little too much with the I blame him. Like be mad, yeah. yes, uh, but in the but to use all this manpower and 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 time and energy 
while these criminals are running around doing terrible things, it's it's a bit much. I get it. I get it. You feel like he's not working with the city. Either make the mayor say, stop it, and just work with Arrow. Somebody needs to come in and just tell him, look, right. enough. Enough. You know, like, you you really... You, people are getting hurt because just because you're chasing this dude that's taking out criminals. Like you, you gotta, you gotta stop. Enough of this. Already. Something else that uh, I'd like to see or like to not see is on iZombie. I'd like to see them not make zombies such a commonly known thing. I felt like they were just getting a little too public with it towards the end of last season. Well, it is public. Now. Well, I mean, yeah. it's public, but I'm, but I mean, they're looking more of it at like as that's a, part of the storyline now. How that's a problem. Yeah, I don't know. I just if it becomes too much where it's like True Blood or something, as far as everybody knows everything, all this stuff, then I, I don't know. I just don't want to see that. But I do want to see more, you know, with with the character interactions between. Um, Liv and and her ex fiance and but mostly uh, what's the the doctor's name? I can't think of his name. Ravi. Right, now. You know we're old. right yeah, Ravi. Ravi. Uh, Ravi and yeah. Peyton. I want to see those two. Yes. Oh, those two crazy kids. Those crazy kids. And they just find love. Separated by zombies. Also, oh. I was just thinking about this. Do we know is it a full twenty something episode season or are they just doing thirteen again? I don't know. I think that zombie is 13 because I believe that is when Legends of Tomorrow is going to be popping in. Uh, Further down as a And I hope it is. I I would like it to be. So then Legends is only 13 as well. Yeah, they don't need to be more than 13. No, they don't. That's what's my preference is that it's 13, maximum Mm -hmm. 16, but rather 13 episodes. Yeah, they don't need to be more than that. I'm fine with that too. Okay, well, next week uh, we will know a little bit more about whether those things are going to be happening or not because we'll actually have seen we will actually have seen the uh, premieres, uh, premiere week. Very exciting. Uh, but this week, let's talk about Gotham Knock Knock uh, episode two, season two, and uh, the Theo Gallivan and his sister Tabitha are are well on their way to um, you know putting Gotham under their thumb pretty much. Uh, we start this episode. By the way, can't say enough about um, uh, James Frame. Yeah, the actor that plays Theo Gallivan. Yes, he is. Oh, yeah. He is incredible. I mean, and yes, the way he, he reacts to stuff, like like later with the um, the Russian roulette scene and stuff, just his reaction to that kind of stuff. Like his sister's trying to intervene, and he's just like, "Wait, wait," you know. I don't know. He's just really good character actor. He's been in so many things, but he just really works in this role. Yeah, very uh, smart. He has a box, a uh, like a, uh, a 1984 box. You'll you'll get the reference if you're you know if you've read the book. Uh, strapped to the mayor's head, played by veteran character actor Richard Kind as well. Um, it says, you know, well look, I can either dump this tarantula in the box and let it go to town in your head, or you can uh, tell your secretary you're running away with a, a young lady and disappear from town. So of course uh, the mayor, Mayor James, being a true coward, you know, of course mm-hmm. opts to get the heck out of town. And um, he tells, uh, he asks, you know, Gallivan why, you know, why he's trying to do this, why, why, you know, he he needs to run, run him out of town, why, what is all this for? And uh, he has this really nice little line, if I uh, if I may read it. Uh, you are part of a great endeavor, a great cleansing. Monsters are coming, Mister Mayor. Monsters who will cleanse the city in blood and fire. So very dramatic. Very, uh, very over the top, but but very effective in in this actor's uh, voice. You know, 
Oh yeah. Um, as the, uh, the the Gotham Gazette are talking about the story of Mayor James and uh, his mistress, uh, the editor, I guess their version of Jane Doe, Jonah Jameson, is yelling at the staff, and behind him, a uh, body falls in the plate, you know, through the window. Everybody's body. not quite sure. <laughs> well, wait. At first, there's one, and everybody's like, yeah, right. like sure they saw something. And the guy's uh, still yelling because his back is to the window. And then a second one falls, and they just kind of everybody just kind of looks again because. You know, they, they're not quite sure, but by the time the third one falls, they've all run to the window and uh, are ignoring you know, the the, uh, the editor yelling at them. And uh, somebody is throwing people off the roof of the building. Uh, they're all dressed in white, except for uh, the letters that spell out maniacs and then an exclamation point. Uh, it was the last guy. Uh, Jerome and uh, company, uh, who we were introduced to last episode, are making a name for themselves with a big splash, and this is how they start out. Just for those keeping score at home, that's uh, that's Jerome and Barbara, and uh, Robert Greenwood, the cannibal, who kind of looks like Jack Black, or um, he does. or Curtis sure. Armstrong, if you know who he is. Yeah, I do. Uh, the guy who played Booger in uh, Revenge of the Nerds. Uh, Arnold Dobkins, the schizophrenic rapist, and Errol Helsinger, the man who murdered his entire family with his bare hands. Now, this is kind of what the the point where I mean, I kind of already did last week, but I definitely have accepted the 66 Batman of it all. It's it's but I think it's doing it smartly and I can accept that. That's why I played that clip at the beginning, because I'm starting to really get reminded of the way things were set up in the 66 Batman. It's just that they're not they're not executing it quite as cheesily. It actually kind of works for me. I just I thought it was it was a cool scene where he like breaks out the slide projector, you know, and he's like showing them all. It's like, hi. Yeah. In case you missed last episode, let us expound upon who all these dudes are for you, so you'll know what's going on in this episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I don't know. It was it was an interesting opening sequence that you know is from a lot of other shows, of course. That we go back to uh, the Theo Gallivan and his maniacs with an X. Because, you know, they're extreme. And, uh, you know, Jerome is clearly the showman of the group. He has them all, like, he, he wants, uh, he says they could all benefit from a little stagecraft. He wants something very theatrical. And, of course, Jerome, you know, growing up in the circus, kind of, you know, really takes to that a lot. Uh, there's a scene, though, where him and, the, uh, and Robert Greenwood, the cannibal, kind of uh, get in each other's face. You know, say who's, who the leader, who the alpha dog is going to be. And they play a game of Russian roulette. And Greenwood takes the gun and puts it to his head and, you know one click jerome takes the gun from him and does what like three or four clicks in a row four clicks yeah. like all the way up to the last bullet and then passes it back to him and uh thus becomes the de facto leader of the team i really like that scene too i mean it was intense but not really intense if that makes sense right. i just i i i thought it worked very well I did like yeah, that. I, I liked his line though. Where he's like, uh, I, "I killed Nate. All these, I would terrorize the whole city. What did you do? Kill your mommy?" He goes, "Everybody's got to start somewhere." That was a good. And they one. are the, and they they are playing it very, very over the top, very Batman Forever, or you know, and and in that tone, right? In that tone, which works. I think it works for. Yeah, for the, the villains. I mean, the thing is though, it's like this weird mix of they have that tone. 
that almost mm-hmm. like like you're saying like Joel Schumacher almost Batman sixty six evocative, you know, over the top goofiness, but the the body count and the violence is real is huge. <laughs> I mean, yeah, especially later in the episode, it's just like and yeah, and something else for prime time too. You know, yeah, yeah. I'm just like damn, you know, really how much. It, you're getting away with on this, you know, this prime, you know, ostensibly primetime show. And I don't think, I mean, Jerome, I don't think that they're going to name him a Joker. I don't think he's going to become the Joker, but I do think he's going to keep playing up being a Joker type villain. I, I have a feeling what they might do with that is, well, one, there's still a chance that he's a red herring, but I think he is. But even if he's not, the smart way to do it. I would think is for him to not refer to himself as the Joker and not right. have the Joker stuff, but exactly his name is Jerome and he, the, the whole thing, the clown look and everything else, the public would start referring to him as the Joker. Well, you know? I think the public will, I think they might play tongue in cheek. Like I could hear her saying, calling him Mr. J right as a joke. Like not as a, like I heard someone refer to, when they reviewed this show, refer to it as um, she's a Harlequin-esque type character, which mm-hmm. I agree yeah. with. Yeah. But that she seems to be in love with the, with Jerome, and I'm like, no, she did not ever give off that she was in love with Jerome. Oh, she's no. in love with uh, Gordon. If anything, if anything, had, Jerome had a liking for her, which right. is like the, the opposite dynamic of the Joker and Harley that we know exactly. and love. I mean, because it's all Harley's adoration, and Joker usually pushes mm-hmm. her away. Exactly. So, man. but I do like I. You know what? I'm kind of getting the groove of how they shuffle these characters around. You know, I wanted to talk a little bit later. Go Cologne on the on the Taylor Network podcast brought up a good question about this Jerome character. I guess we can go ahead and dive, dive into it now. Do sure. you think it's too early for a proto Joker in this storyline of Gotham? Now, I guess my answer to this, I'm of two minds. If it were like some sort of you know canon you know, retelling of the early days of Gotham, then yes, I would have a problem with it. But because of the way Gotham seems to, like, shuffle all these, like, archetypes around, and right. it's, like, really not... It's its own universe. I mean, I have to mm-hmm. I have to think about it as its own, like, kind of Elseworlds universe. I can't keep trying to fit it into the DCU version of these characters that I know, because they yeah. aren't these characters. I mean, Sarah Essence is a different... I mean, I could go on and on about the differences. But I mean, it, it, taken on their own, on their own face in this show, I'm fine with it. I think it works as well, con- context as of the story. Never... It doesn't matter whether he's the Joker or not. Right. It's an interesting character. It's one of the more interesting villains we've seen in the show. I mean, if you're not going to focus on Penguin and his rise to power since he's already at the, t- the top, you know, focus on a new up and comer uh, uh, criminal. Whether he's the Joker or not, really, is moot. Is he entertaining in the show? Yes. Okay. That's all exactly. I need. Exactly. I'm cool with him being Jerome, and if they go Mr. J, I'm leave it at that. Yeah, I, yeah. What I hope they don't do is don't name him Joker because that will cause a whole problems that they don't need. Well, again, not have him refer to him that, himself that way, not even have the media refer to him that way. Right. But I was thinking of having having it more be like like the way uh, uh, Babyface Nelson was. Yeah. That's what everybody called him, well, but nobody said that to his face because he didn't like it. So I thought having something like that where we don't hear it that often, but maybe every once in a while somebody's like, it's a Joker. 
And, and he's like, what? I think if they keep it the way it is, though, it's probably the smartest approach. Because, right. look, we're right. all watching it. Everybody watching oh, yeah. it knows he's the Joker or knows mm-hmm. it's supposed to be a riff on the Joker in some way. But they don't have to come out and say it. I mean, they don't have right. to. They don't have to get bogged down with all the the the, the past history and future history, you know, with Jared, mm-hmm. uh, Jared Leto's uh, you know version coming out or whatever. They don't have to tie to that at all. They can just have this character right. that you know, you know, wink, wink, nod, nod. It's you know our take on the Joker, but they don't have to call him that. They don't have to tie him to that at all, and they can have their cake and eat it too. You know what I mean? They can have right. him do all the things the Joker would do, but not have right. to be saddled with all that continuity. So uh, I think it's just. Smarter parts, well, and, and I'm fine with it, you know. And it seems like they're going that way with Barbara with the Harley Quinn-esque thing. So, you know, I'm fine with it, too. I mean, right, to answer right. the question the, that that was posed, yeah, I, I, I don't necessarily think it's too early. Now, here's the thing. Canon or not, if they weren't already pushing Bruce Bruce's storyline like it is and, and Riddler and some of the other things then yeah i might have think it's a little too early but i think with everything else that's going on in the pieces that are being shuffled around as jim said uh it it makes sense i i'm definitely okay with it like i just i as long as they keep it going and i know that even the producers had said that what they would like to do is have joker type characters uh, throughout the coming seasons, you know, like that they're, they're in the spirit hey. of Joker, but not Joker. They don't. And it. and that's the thing too is is if it's if they're good characters and it's a good story, then yeah, let's do it. I mean, because in this episode, Jerome does everything the Joker would do, pretty much. Yeah. You know, except for to have the Joker gas or the Joker venom and make people smile. It's like right. you the, know, only, the whole yeah. thing about you know talking you know the the whole like I um. What you call insanity is is our sanity. I mean, that's straight out of the Heath Ledger type, you know, philosophical mm-hmm. Joker type, you know, take. And so, I mean, it's cool they're able to have the Joker without having to call him the Joker. Right, and I think he's a good mix mash of all the Jokers that we've seen before, mm-hmm. and yet still its own. Yeah, and I just see him getting some type of name because Jerome is just so generic for a villain. I could just I could see him yeah. not staying with Jer- Jerome. For what if, what if they keep calling him Jerome, but the media and everybody starts referring to him as the Clown Prince of Crime? I could see something, but I I don't I I yeah. just don't see him being called Jerome for the rest of the season. Like as he's getting going coming into his own, could you see him start to mold himself at each crime they do? Like, he gets more inventive. Like, he's bored. He's trying to, you know, like, he's trying to up the ante, even though these guys, he's he's been told to do these, to do different things. He's still thinking of his own crimes to do. And, he, and the way he's upping the ante and, you know, becoming leader and all of that, I think eventually he's going to take some type of nickname or something. It, it won't be the Joker, but I know that I can't see them just calling him Jerome for the rest of the season. We will see. Um, meanwhile, in another one of the storylines, uh, Bruce Wayne finds his uh, dad's bat cave <laughs> and the bat computer. I mean, his dad's computer. And as he as he turns it on, Alf, Alfred goes nuts and grabs a sledgehammer and just goes wails on the servers and hard drive. Yeah. And uh, Bruce freaks out. He's like, you know, you just ruined everything I've tried to work for, and fires Alfred. Yeah. This is the first problem of the show for me. I'm going to whine a little bit. 
I, I had a little bit of a problem with this too. Not not as much the scene, but just because of the, the overall. Like his whole thing of if he had known that the machine had the information it did, you he would have never let him let him uh, turn the damn thing on in the first place. I would believe that if you didn't do the things you've done in season one, right, to get him to this point, because you have let him. In fact, you've helped him. To, to do all these things, going to the board, knowing that they're going to try to kill you eventually. You let him do all these things. You were right there with him. You didn't stop him. You didn't try to stop him. You you went along with it. Like, for all of a sudden to have the computer turn on, this is the one thing where he can look at from away from them. Like, that, this is the safest thing he's done so far. Well, because- yeah. Yeah, and I agree, and and I I don't disagree with anything you just said, but I'm okay with that part of the scene as far as the whole drama of the computer and everything else. But the Bruce firing him, one. Well, that's I gotta ask a question. How the hell can an underage boy? Well, that's finish? that's where I was getting to. Is he you, had a guardian? What he named his guardian? He was his guardian. He can't just. So he can't do that. He will go to jail. Right. He well, just walks out on this fourteen-year-old right. kid or whatever right. age he is. He wasn't hired. He was give. He was in, in from yeah. the parents. He was their guardian. Guardian. He was giving guardianship. So that's not something where he could just quit and walk out. Like I can see if he says, "You know what? I'm tired of you, you little pissant kid," and he walks out angry, and then comes back after that but to quit and then act like he's gonna leave that 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 was a little far-fetched then like you know scene or two later bruce is at the train station you know having him come, ask him to come back which would have worked just fine with what daryl's scenario just was too of him walking out angry you know it, it still could have because i thought the scene at the train station was good like a little tough love. He needs a little little tough love here. And I, I would have liked to rather, and instead of letting uh, little Bruce do the tantrum that he's done, I, having uh, Alfred instead slap him down a couple, a little bit, I think would have been better. And then walk out. Like, do this, do this crap on your own then. Because you, you're already alone. You, you want to keep doing this? All right, go on. And then, you know, I can see Bruce have to come to a realization that, yeah, I've been acting like an idiot, and I can't do this by myself. Right. Um, they have conditions for one another. Alfred's like, look, you know, Mike, you know, I, I'll do this, but on the condition that you train and you do exactly what I tell you. I tell you, no questions asked, but I'll train you. Bruce's condition is that Alfred finds somebody to fix his computer. Right. Right. Enter, enter Lucius Fox. And and yes. I I did yes. like the way Bruce handled that whole thing. He's still the kid, but yet at the same time, he's still the boss. You know, the whole thing. I was like, how do I, how do I do that? Hmm? I didn't break it. It's not my problem. <laughs> you know, I, I kind of liked that from Bruce. Well, my, my favorite scene with Alfred, this episode was him and Lucius Fox at the bar. Yes. Where he that tells us good. that great story. Yeah. That great, like, about story. But you know, are you are you an MFR I can trust or not? Right. You know, very much because if you're not, I'll just kill you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought it was great. Yeah, and uh, it wasn't me. or was uh, Chris, did it seem that Chris Chalk was uh, kind of channeling Morgan Freeman? 
He sure a little was. bit. I, yeah, I thought he was aping him a little bit there, you know, just kind of yeah. trying to mimic. It was a little little Michael Caine and, and Alfred, and there was a little Morgan Freeman. And, yeah, that was a uh, good scene, though. I mean, I, I loved, loved it. it. I loved it. was just talking. And... It was a really good, uh, it was a really good thing. Like, the the eye contact, the way that they these two men, um, who both care about Bruce Wayne, that, like, that's their bond. They both care about Bruce Wayne. And they know that they can't trust anyone. Have to trust each other, no matter what. Um, right. Like it was such a, a good, uh, a good scene. I think it was well written. Like this, this is this is better writing. This is a good tone. This is a good, uh, good episode that they did this with. We um, we do kind of get the scene of uh, this cool scene of Barbara and uh, Tabitha beating the hell out of the mayor, while the rest of the uh, the maniacs are, are like planning their next. Oh, that was kind of hot. They were playing with their food, basically. Yeah, they're like, "We're bored. We're gonna, yeah. gonna whip the hell out of this mayor." <laughs> That's pretty good. Like patience, patience, or whatever. Um, Gordon goes to see Bullock, and Bullock's girlfriend is not happy at all. To see Gordon because she's worried that he's going to try to bring him back into the force. But it's like, no, maybe, no, no, I'm not going to do that. But he does give Jim Gordon a good lead that leads him Mm -hmm. to the truck that uh, the maniacs have stolen. I like his girlfriend. It's too bad she'll probably break up with him. I I was going to say, she'll probably get killed and then I'll force him to be back into the cops. Well, he's already back. Yeah, at the end of the episode. Well, I know, I know, but I mean to really like cement it in there. You know? Right, oh, right, yeah. Right. That'll be like the thing that really gets him the fire in his belly to be a cop again. Like he's really there just to back up Jim because all the other cops are dead. <laughs> now, <laughs> suck. They is, show up for. Is he working at the bar or does he own that bar? I thought he owned it. I That's what I thought too. It. So it'd be interesting. Is what to be the new scene? That could be the cop bar. The new, yeah, uh, yeah. There you go. I always liked that in Hom- the show Homicide when they had the cop bar. That was cool. Yeah, that's it. cop bars are the uh, the best for uh, for a good cop show. You need you need that place that they can meet outside the station. Brooklyn Nine Nine has their yeah. own cop bar, and it's true. Excellent. You need it. Oh, the premiere for that show was really good. Have you guys seen it? it was- oh yeah. yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. god, that's a heart attack. That's a big one. <laughs> and for more of that, uh, listen to Nothing's On. Yes, absolutely, because we're definitely going to be talking about that one. Yes, we will. Uh, but anyway, the uh, the maniacs, uh, they, uh, they have stolen a gas truck from the same place they found all the people to throw off the top of the building. <laughs> and it's full of gasoline, and they decide to back it up onto a school bus full of cheerleaders and young, and young athletes. Uh, they chain them, as I mentioned earlier, really, really quickly. Yeah. Um, and then coat them all with gasoline. Uh, just spraying it everywhere. Um, of course, Jerome is taking the moment to act and, and to be all uh, you know dramatic about everything. And then finally comes over and tries to light it with his lighter, uh, but his lighter doesn't work. Uh, unfor- Which was a good thing for him, because he soaked himself in the gasoline when he was slinging it around, and I'm like, how is he going to light that fire and not catch himself on it? Well, the- that's the greatest thing about a villain. They don't, when they're really that crazy, they don't care if they live or die. Right. That's true. I mean, he kind of proved that with the Russian roulette scene earlier that he really doesn't, you know. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Doesn't care. So the the uh, P, as he's trying to light it up, 
the uh, the GCPD show up. Uh, there's a shootout, and you know, Gordon's like, "Hold your fire!" They're covered with gasoline, but they end up. I'm sorry, but is it just is it just me, or did you like part of you feel like, "Damn, I wish Batman could just jump out of nowhere and beat all of them up." <laughs> Even though it's a good scene with, yeah. with Jim, but I just a part of me was like, "Batman, where are you?" Like just a little little part of me was. Had that feeling like it'd be cool if he could just come out and just kick their asses. During the shootout, uh, Baby Joker, the cannibal, and the big guy escape. They leave Arnold uh, behind, to, and he finally set, starts to set the bus on fire. Uh, Gordon runs up, punches Arnold, knocks him yeah. out. <laughs> he has <laughs> the, the silliest, cor- the corniest <laughs> punches I've ever seen. I know, it's like a real yeah. 70s, like, uh, <laughs> he does. He's like uh, Rockford, Rockford Files roundhouse punch, you know. Yeah, just yeah. up, just punches him right in the face, hops into the school bus, drives the school bus like what a hundred feet down the road away from the open flame, and then looks at all the cheerleaders and says, "You guys all right?" Can you almost <laughs> see it go pow zam when he punches? When he punches <laughs> I do, I see it. I do, I do. Uh, okay, and, and and not to try and force reality again, but that bus was dripping with gas. He drives it a hundred feet away; it's not going to just trail well, right. More would if you had more of a budget, he'd have been driving that thing up until they gotten into some type of water or something, but. Yeah. Budget of this, you didn't have time for that. So I could see why it just stopped. Because I thought he was going to do like a, like in my mind, I thought the same thing. Like, oh, he, where is he going to drive it to in the city where it won't, you know, right. catch fire? That's why I the thought bus. they were going to go with that too. Because I was like, yeah. you know, how far away is he going to have to drive for this flame not to follow him? And yeah, yeah, but you know, they didn't have time for that. They did have a lot going on. Uh, Gordon takes Arnold into custody, but Arnold and he starts asking Arnold who about who sprung him from Arkham. But Arnold starts asking for police protection. As soon as he does, he gets shot Ooh, in the head. That's by, when it gets by real. Tigress, aka Tabitha Galvan. That's when the episode gets real. Might have been a little funny earlier on, but this it got real when he got shot. Yeah, because they showed it. But but and that's what I'm saying. I mean, like it's got the campy elements, but it also has a high level of violence. I mean, later with um, you know, the main event, I guess they call it. Oh, that was yeah. yeah. Real quick yeah. before we get to that, uh, uh, let's start. Let's stop in with our good friend Edward Nigma, shall we? Just for a moment. Uh, he's yeah. in the file room, just kind of hanging out, waiting for Miss Kringle to show up. And when she does, he asks her if he knows if she knew that house flies. Uh, buzz in the key of F, and she says, "No, I didn't." And then she leaves. Um, and you hear the uh, whatever get, gate to her pretty parts are closing. <laughs> uh, after she leaves, like we get the Enigma without the glasses, kind of over his shoulders again, like very Smeagol Gollum style, arguing with himself. Oh yeah, uh, very schizophrenic. She doesn't want you. She wants me. No, she wants. No, her. I'm confident. No. no, she wouldn't like you. Blah blah blah. Um. We then are, are we then cut to Gordon at his desk. He gets a phone call. It's Barbara. Mm-hmm. And he's dumb like, cop award goes to. And as we continue, <laughs> but uh, he's <laughs> trying to talk her. He's trying to talk her down. And as he is, uh, she's like, you know, "Oh, nice haircut." And it turns out that she's like right there calling him from the GCPD. Um, See what I thought was gonna, Yeah, what I thought was going to happen is she would do that. He'd be trying to stall her. And then tell two cops because he's in a precinct with cops that are under him, and t- get them to catch her before she runs out. 
you would think he would shout out to somebody or say something right. to anyone, you know. Right. Even though there was, I mean, she's a, a one one criminal, you know, from this group that are killing all these people. Why would you want? Why would you run out there by yourself? Like, why do you think she would want you to go out there? Like, you didn't. He didn't even think about that. And not say a word to anyone. Like, stop yeah. her you know, or anything like that. Nothing. Nope. He just like Nothing. just chased after her by himself. Yeah. She draws him out of the building into an alleyway, and then uh, says, you know, says, you know, oh, this is my fault, I guess, and kind of taunts him a little bit. And then the giant guy <laughs> jumps down That's on right. top of him and just. Beats the crap out of him. He just manhandles him. He tried to bang Zoom him, but it just didn't work. Ow. Yeah. He hits him with a pipe, and the old, and the, the guy's just like, ow. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. That was not insane. today. Um, yeah, so, you know, beats him with an inch of his life, you know, and Barbara's like, not sitting, you know, don't, don't go too far. You know, don't mess, you know, don't kill him. You know, we I need him alive when I torture him. Right. Meanwhile, while while this is happening, the maniacs and it seems like a bunch of other henchmen. It seems like there are a whole bunch of people, just like barrel into the the the, the um, Gotham City Police Department and just start killing cops left and right. Like every cop oh on the gosh. floor of the building gets yeah. slaughtered. If and you murder, you got shot. Very brutal scene. But the thing that got me is there were only like all right of that maniacs group. There are only the three of them left, and one of them is beating the hell out of Gordon. Right, so it's Jerome and the cannibal, who he shoots. By the way, during all the mayhem, like when he's taunting yeah. Essen, he finally just right. shoots the cannibal in the head. Yep. So he's the only one now. And then it just seemed like there were a lot more henchmen. All of a sudden, they you know, did. They did. It's they? like all of a sudden there's this army of dudes like murdering yeah. every cop in Gotham. I'm just like, whoa, where did all these guys come from? Just like, uh, but just in in true Joker fashion, Jerome isolates Essen from the rest. And like uh, the uh, the dude, like the the the, uh, the cannibal, like blows his line, so he shoots him in the head. Uh, he tells him that he, you know that, that his team will leave a mark on the city and spread like a virus. And then he uh, you know uses his own hands to videotape uh, himself, you know, killing Essen pretty much. That was Nolan S right there. Gordon finally makes his way back to the precinct room. He sees the massacre. There are just like dead cops everywhere. There, there oh, been, like what two dozen at least? Yeah. Oh, yeah. See, that's what is hard for me to reconcile the campy aspect. It's like, woo, campy, weird, but hey, we're going to murder like 50 people this episode, you know? I mean, between the maniacs thing and this, right? And this is the second time in the show that the police station's been taken over. Yep. Zaz did it in season one. I remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Leslie uh, was able to hide in the medical examiner's room and, and wasn't killed. Uh, Nigma like grabbed Kringle and got her out of the way, and they hid in the fire. Yeah, he's in now. Yeah, he's man, in. he's in. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna mess it up, but he's in. And, you know, Gordon makes his way back into the room. He just sees all the brutal violence. And, you know, he's glad that Lee is still alive. Um, and this is when we cut to Bruce uh, Lucius Fox talking in the uh, the, the Batcave. He says Lucius Fox is saying that you know uh, you know Bruce is like, well, don't you know what he had on the computers? Like, no, I had no idea. All I did was offer some tech support. I didn't want to know because I didn't want to end up dead. Right. Which is like the same stuff Alfred is telling him. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you think Alfred knows more than he's letting on? If they pull it out of nowhere, I I can I can I could say. Yeah, he did. Like, if they, I don't know if they would do it. I don't know if they're gonna. They don't seem to do stuff like that in this show so far. Like, they don't seem to pull out secrets 
not on the good people, not on the, with the good guys. They don't seem to have a secret that they. And maybe it's just the way out. he's delivering it. I just like when he's explaining after he smashes the computer, just the look in his eyes. I just, it's like he's saying one thing, but you can tell he knows more. I I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I just took it as it was more to the fact that I have had a life that I don't want you to have. Like I've, you know, like I've seen where this road leads. You know, the the death. This is basically going to war with people that don't care if you live or die. Right. And I've done it. Like, and I've done it and survived it. And I know what you have to do to do it. And it seems like when he looks at Bruce and he keeps talking about what he wants to do, he kind of sees that if he does this, this is going to be his whole life up and if he survives that long, this will be his entire life fighting this war. Yeah, okay. Which is right, which is true. I mean, we know this as a viewer looking in. You know, this is the start of his, you know, of a war that will never end for him. Uh, Bruce and Alfred go to the priest where Gordon is still alive. And then uh, Bruce is like, I was really hard on you last time we spoke. Which is just, it was just an odd scene. Because like, he did, goes in for a hug and stuff. I'm just like, right, yeah. Because um, I don't see that closeness with them yet. No, like, I don't I either. Don't. Like they're kind of. I don't know. The last time they spoke, he was kind of antagonistic to him. You know. Exactly. Like I don't know where they're going with with that. They have. I, it's like, I, he tells I, Gordon he was a good, he's been a good friend. I I think that the show wants it to be that relationship. They just haven't executed it well enough to make us believe it's that relationship. Well, he doesn't like, say anything. I mean, Gordon's always, you know, in such plot-driven stuff. He doesn't give us anything to like buy that. Really, I mean, they don't they hang out together at all. They don't do anything together. There is because, like, when the bully, like when the bully happened, they would have needed. And I think because of it being so disjointed last season, trying to figure out what they wanted to do, they didn't. They just didn't do it. But what they could have done is have scenes where when she, when they had the bully. He didn't talk to Alfred about it because Alfred finds out he's just gonna go beat the boys behind. Like he go, he gonna he's gonna threaten the right, boy yeah. and be more of a father figure, which they should work on doing with Alfred and with. Um, but he should be he should have the relationship of talking to Gordon about it. You know, being able to confide in Gordon as opposed to Alfred. He sees Gordon as kind of right. like a brother. Well, if you think about it, I mean, I don't know. I've never had my parents shot in an alley before me when I was eight. Mm-hmm. But the first friendly voice and face and everything that he had after witnessing what he saw was Gordon. I think that that kind of puts a special bond, at least in Bruce's mind, with Gordon. I would think that way if he was younger. When it happened, and Bruce, like when he was younger enough, where you you had you hold the child in your arms when their yeah, parents maybe. die, you know what I mean, like that, like picking them up and like the had the age he was in Batman Begins, for example. I can understand that a little bit better than the age he is now. He's See, a little I bit. Just, I just feel like they went all this emotional weight to this relationship between the two of them, and they haven't earned it at all. There's no, yeah, there's no stuffing in it. Like you, like if, if they had him moping and you had Gordon go personally go to the mansion and get this boy and be like, we're going to go out to a baseball game or something. We're going to like force him to do normal things. I could understand him feeling 
you know, like being to that point where he's like worried about him. Like I heard what happened and I'm worried about you. But they didn't give him that time. And I think they felt I think that maybe they were uncomfortable with the Bruce Wayne scenes. They didn't know what to do with him. And plus they were trying to cement that Catwoman, you know, the uh, Selena stuff that you just didn't get. The only interaction you really got with Bruce and an adult is always Alfred. You never really got to see him with, with uh, the commissioner. That should, I mean, they could always change that now. I hope that they do. You know, then they do kind of. Maybe they'd be good for each other to kind of see them. You know, hang out a little bit. Yeah. So uh, at the very end of the episode, we have the uh, Bullock walking into the office where Jim Gordon is now standing. You know, the commissioner's office or whatever. Uh, Says, you know, we are what we are. He's in his back in his cop clothes. He's ready to go. Oh, but you kind of missed when Sarah dies. Oh, Remember? yeah. Like Sarah kind of dies in, in Gordon's arms. I'm sorry. I thought because they had that call back. Because remember when they originally talked that day and she was talking about, I sat here and I watched all these, you know, these men buy their way out of justice. And how it got to her, like you, you kind of saw how haunted she was by having to sit back and just do nothing, right? While these people did what they do, and now that she's commissioner, she felt like I have a purpose now. Like I, I really feel like I can do something, and and really try to help this city. And you know, like they kind of bonded on that, you know, with all the things they had to do to get to this point. So it is kind of a callback. Like the old days are gone. Like this. This is the new days now. This is, you know, when we when we fight against, you know, people like that. And it just made it even bittersweet, we, even more bittersweet that you... Because um, she was ready to take up the war with, with Gordon and, and to be support, the support system that he needed, which no cop ever had, you know, in Gotham anymore. Right. And now when she gets killed and he sees that, it's like he didn't lose just a boss, but... You know, he kind of lost a, a, a lifeline, a, a support. Now, I, w- I wonder if this is going to be a way for them to bring back uh, um, Montoya. And, uh, and Gotta be, because oh, all these cops yeah. being killed, all these cops being yeah. killed. And on top of that, I could see her saying, it's kind of my fault that Barbara snapped. Right. Her ties to because Barbara, when she, yep. When she came to me, I didn't help her. In fact, I left her. Like, I, I just totally deserted her as well. So it was kind of my fault. And I owed, you know, Jim, I owe you an apology and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I would hope that that would be something that happens um, and you get them working together as a group. Like, I would love to see that. Yeah, because awesome. there was a whole bit in the first season where they finally found out that Jim Gordon wasn't a dirty cop. Right. And then they allied themselves with him, and then they kind of disappeared. And now that, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, 50 of, of the cops in Gotham are Same. dead, they might want to call right. in some of the so some of these other people. Yeah. Um, but we end the episode with uh, Bullock and Gordon watching the videotape that Jerome made of himself while he was uh, killing a whole bunch of cops. Uh, it ends with a mon- very Joker-like monologue telling the townspeople that they are prisoners, cogs in a machine. They should all be free like him. Uh, and he leaves, but not without the threat of his return. Uh, and uh, that's uh, the way the episode ends. It ended bad. I mean, this really ended like this was an Empire Strikes Back type of ending, for real. <laughs> right? Yeah. 
they won. I mean, they they, they won this battle, man. They did what they wanted to do. Mayor's gone. The entire police force mm-hmm. is down to a skeleton crew because all of them are dead. They have gutted the infrastructure of Gotham. They scared the press by killing all those people in front of their building. I mean, yeah, uh, yep. They run this city. They actually run the city right now. It's pretty crazy. That's Gotham season uh, two, episode two. What'd you guys think of uh, on our one to five Watch scale? I would have to give it. Uh, I would give it a three point five. Much better show, much better episode. I think this is this is really good. The the kicker would be if the next episode is just as good because that because that's the thing with Gotham. You get a good one, and then the next one you'd be like, what? Right. So I this would be the kicker to see <laughs> if they really have this crap together. If the next episode is just as strong as this one, is the previous one. Yeah, I I really enjoyed the episode. Um, like I said earlier, I'm embracing the campiness of it, but. It, it they really helped their case uh, that they like you were saying about the 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 violence and the darkness and everything else uh, that goes with it. They, I think it balances it out to where it it just works for me. And with the exception of a couple of the things with Bruce, this episode, I I really really liked it, and I I'm going to give it a four point two five. That's cool. Oh. I'm going to give it a 375 because I liked it a lot more than the last episode. Uh, I, I the whole Bruce firing Alfred thing was weird, and uh, <laughs> and a couple other things. Yeah. But, but I did enjoy a, a lot of this episode. A lot of what's going on. I enjoyed it a lot more than the last episode. It seemed uh, more cohesive, and, I, and the maniacs were really interesting. And what Galavan's got going on is is interesting. Like I said, James Frame is killing it in that uh, in that role. Uh, and the the woman who's playing his sister too, um, Jessica Lucas. Yeah, Jessica Lucas is Tabitha. Incredible. And Chris Chalk is Lucius Fox, by the way. I mean, yeah, I'm glad yeah. we're seeing. I'm glad we're seeing. You know, new actors coming into the show that that can like really help carry it a little bit and give it a little more weight. So uh, I really like that a lot. So yeah, three three seven five for me. I really I really like this episode as they've gone. Okay, so that was Gotham episode two, and now time for the uh, DC TV news bucket. This just in. And we go to Jim live on the scene. No, not to get too TMZ about it, because I'm just going <laughs> to report the I'm just going to report the facts here. I'm not going <laughs> to conjecture. I'll leave conjecture and, and uh, speculation up to my co-host. I'm just going to um, put this out there and, and just as it's as it's being read. Now this is from TMZ.com, so you know it's a reputable. Uh, news outlet, as it's, it were. It's been reported all over, so... <laughs> right, but I just wanted to get it from, from the, the most... I mean, what, what is more TMC than TMC? Nothing. Exactly. Okay. Uh, Marina Bachrin, or, uh, you know, Dr. Lee Tompkins on Gotham, uh, will go to court today in her divorce case and reveal that she is pregnant, and the father is Gotham co-star Ben McKenzie. Dun, dun, dun! A stab of music there. So uh, yeah, I guess the chemistry that we saw on the screen was not Literally. just acting. There was some actual chemistry. Can you blame him? Can you blame him? Um, Seriously, we would just leave it there. Yeah. I, I, again, all I'm doing is reporting the facts. 
good. Just leave it. I'm not. I'm. I'm. You know, conjecture, so I leave conjecture to other news outlets. Yeah, let them work on that part. With them. <laughs> leave it there. If they don't, if it's a girl and they don't take the opportunity to name it Barbara, then I just I quit. I quit life. Like I said, we'll leave it. Could name her Inara, you know. Oh yeah, that's very meta. I'm just saying. Uh, if you go to our DCTV podcast uh, Facebook group, uh, Russ was cool enough to put up some photos of his uh, um, about Mondo. They do these really cool posters and design things. Uh, they just came out with a a, um, a series of vinyl records of the Batman the Animated Series soundtrack, like selections from uh, the Batman the Animated Series soundtrack. And uh, Russ was lucky enough to get the Superman version. And like the the record is in the shape of the Superman S, for instance. Uh, it's got original art uh, yeah, based on the production art of the show. Mondo does some really really cool stuff, and uh, this is no you know no exception. If you want a good close look at it, it's, it's there on the website. Uh, check it out. Uh, we haven't heard any confirmation yet or, or or otherwise, uh, but the evidently the Titan show is still in production. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> Um, in May, the pilot uh, was was said to be going into production maybe this summer, question mark. According to TNT President Kevin Riley, he'd be in a good position to know. He asked around, he, I've been assured, despite what you might have heard, because of the, you know we haven't heard anything about it for a while, so I guess a lot of people were thinking right. it was it was done. I thought it was done, because there hasn't been a peep till now. Yeah, yeah we, uh, we don't know. So, I guess, uh, I guess we'll just have to wait and see on that one. Uh, we got some casting this week. Uh, Vanessa Williams is going to be Iris West's mom. Interesting. Would, yeah. I, and, uh, I thought I always thought, didn't she die in their in their continuity? Have they, have they like come out and said that their mom, her mom, is dead? Or well, he remember he answered in a way that he didn't want to talk about it, but he never. He, I assume by the way his tone when he said it. Remember when he had asked. About Iris's mother. Somebody here mentioned Iris's mother. Yeah, oh, oh. That's not. Well, what if this is. It says here it's made to be. It's Mama West being gone. Like, they didn't come right out and say there were references that she was gone. Well, what if her mother is dead or the person that he led her to believe was her mother growing up and there was actually another woman that left him with her and that's who she's playing? Or it says here in the article she could be in flashback. Oh, yeah. We also got to see Teddy Sears in costume as Jay Garrick this week. Yeah. What would you guys think of that? I like it. I I love it. I like the little new trailer they cut with the uh, the two flashes shaking hands. Yeah. That was pretty sweet. I like seeing Black Out. I got a chance to see in the promo. We get to see uh, more of, um, what's his name, Uh, Adam? Yep. The Gross. Adam Smasher. Adam Smasher, we got to see more of that. And they made the some more references to Zoom. They get to actually see a little glimpse of Zoom as well. Mm-hmm. It's on, yeah. it's on the side as well. But I like the way they did the, the Jake Garrick thing. They made it like kind of that red leather, kind of like the, the uh, Grant Gustin's costume. And then right. they kept the lightning bolt, but they didn't color it in. You know, the yellow lightning bolt that kind of comes out right. of his pants. Um... But yeah, I, I did like that. I like uh, Colleen Atwood's, um, uh, you know, 
designs most of the time, you know, on, on these uh, costumes. Not so much Niggle's helmet, but most of the other ones. <laughs> I have no complaints. Um, so let me see if we're finding anything else. Uh, thank goodness, everyone. Everyone can breathe, uh, breathe a sigh of relief. The rating for Batman v Superman will indeed be PG-13. Oh, man. I know you wanted it to be a hard R, but... I wanted it rated X. X. Yeah. Uh, we also got a new trailer for uh, for Flash this or for Arrow this week, season four promo. That's available on, on the site as well. Um, more cool stuff coming our way with Arrow for sure. Yeah. Did we mention the negative woman being cast? Did we do that already? I think we mentioned that in the last episode. Yeah. Yeah, I okay. think so. Okay. Uh, good network of podcasts. Um, there are links to all of the uh, episodes of Vixen so far. Uh, because they're shorter, they're, um, cwc.com is where you can uh, go check them out. Are there links uh, from the Taylor Network podcast site as well? If you want to check those Vixen episodes out. I think we're going to wait till, like all of them come out so we can talk about them all at once. Because it's really like little shorty, short cartoons. Yeah. You know, wait till we have a few in the bank. We can actually talk about it. Yeah. I will say I like it a lot, I like the tone they're going for, and I I want this character to to cross over to live action. Is I think it would work. So, uh, anything cool coming out of Baltimore? Uh, not information. I mean, other than uh, what you call from Arrow was there signing autographs. I mean, she seemed to be really you know the fans were into it. A lot of. Uh, Arrow and Flash cosplay was going on over there, so I mean it's always it's always uh, fun and exciting to see that a lot of people being you know fans being in it you know being really excited about the show and and dressing up and stuff like that. I'll probably see more of it at New York Comic Con, which will be the week next week actually. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Are there any going to be any big premieres in New York Comic Con next week? Sometimes they do that. I mean, like I know I saw the Wonder Woman animated movie. You know, there. Yeah. Beforehand, or I haven't. uh, Well, the website. I I actually I just had a chance to start looking at it today, so I haven't looked at it at all. Oh man, that's a good hour or two. (laughs) (laughs) So, I've been I remember the first time I went. I'm just like, well, let's see if I can figure things out. Plus, you have to factor in. Well, I have to stand in line, what, two or three hours to get uh-huh. this. And then I have to walk an hour from one end of the Javits Center to the other. Oh, to it's get grown this. so big now that they got panels on, like, at the Hammerstein Theater on 34th Street now. Oh, my God. Oh, I wow. looked at that. I said, what the hell is this? This is a whole other thing of, of panels over there. I went, like, I went, like, I went, like, the row, and every time I went, the Javits Center had a whole new wing built to it. Yes, I was like, this always... wasn't here before. Like, I, I think I went 2007, mm-hmm. 2009, 2010. I was like, this whole wasn't here before. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah that's what they're having the Marvel panel. It's a huge spot. It's the cost of construction of uh, Javits Center. They probably did more construction. Uh, when I get there, it'll probably look different inside again. Yeah, probably. I mean, it's, it's like a Death Star of a building for sure. It is. It's it really. But is. I mean, there's nothing like New York Comic Con. It's awesome. Are yeah. you gonna go? Are you gonna go any of the like all three days? Just on like Friday. I'll do four days. Well, you mean four days? Or four days? Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do all four days. So it's uh, it's gonna be. You gonna get any any exclusive interviews for us? Um, uh, no. Oh well. He is gonna warn Emily Betricard about you, though. (laughs) Oh, that's a given. She's She's gonna gonna be be like, look, I know you don't know me, but there's this guy named Jumpa. Save yourself. Is she going to be at that one? You fool. I'm not telling you because you'll go. Because if she is, you so have to call me when you're up there in her line and let me talk to her. I will behave. I promise. I will behave. Just. But will Daryl wait for five hours? That's what I was going to say. That's the thing about getting autographs at New York Comic Con. It's like you have to wait for five or six hours. I mean, for a fifty dollar autograph. Now the last time I was there, I think it was um. It was but 20, I thought we 2011. Were now check this out, okay? Uh, I think it was 2011 was the last year I was there. Uh, Mark Hamill was there signing, okay? Mm-hmm. It was a hundred dollars a pop, hundred dollars a signature, and then another hundred dollars to get his picture taken with him. Okay? There was yep. a line to the point where I was like, "What's this line for?" Oh, it's for Mark Hamill. I walked like almost all the way across the convention center before I could even see where Mark Hamill's thing was. Yep. So they were in line for like oh. six, eight hours. Just to get one autograph. I mean, you miss the whole convention just standing in a line. Yeah. And they don't care. Like, it, it doesn't matter to them. As long but, as Daryl, can... you're press. Can't you just go, hey, I need to interview her? Sure, I'll just... Yeah. Hey, listen, you guys, move. You're... Security, you're you know what? Daryl it used to, it kind of used to be like that, though. Because, I mean, that's how I interviewed Kevin Conroy and... But sorry, I got oh, to interview the guy from the Venture Brothers. The guy's well, they the have that conveyor line. They have that line where you can, you can like, they go through, you go in this room, and then they sit down, and you get, yeah. like, a certain amount of time. And, right, and, round tables. Yep. And round table thing. I, I yep. hate, I always hate it. Oh, I do, too. I, I do, too, because you're lucky if you get, like, one question in or whatever. It is never a good question. Because yeah, everyone's either asked it or... It's whatever. better than getting no interview or anything. It's still, you know... Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I'm surprised they still do the roundtables considering how many celebrities are there now. Well, the, I, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I could read one off to you when we when it happens, and then <laughs> we can do that. Okay, well, uh, uh, thanks for joining us for DCTV podcast this week. Uh, next week, we will have a lot more shows to talk about, so you'll definitely want to tune in then as well. Uh, if you like Geeky Podcasts, and I'm sure you do because you've been listening to this one for about an hour and a half now, then definitely go over to hhwlod.com. That's where we have a lot of other cool Geeky Podcasts, including the Weedinverse Podcast, the the Blah Bag Podcast, where they uh, they randomly buy comics that are in a, a, a quarter bin and then talk about them, which is kind of an interesting show. Uh, the Black Box uh, we also have uh, Half Hour Wasted, uh, all kinds of great shows over there, hhwlod.com, check it out. And once you have exhausted those podcasting possibilities, head on over to the Taylor Network of Podcasts.com, run by Mr. Daryl Taylor. Yes, it is. Man to my left over there. And an interesting fact about the Taylor Network of Podcasts is you go to that website, somewhere hidden there, D- Daryl has hidden the secret to happiness and long life. So go check it out. Look for it. Spend lots of time. Get Shoot, your I gotta get off. I'm done. I'm looking for it myself. <laughs> I can definitely say it's the most Taylorist 
most Taylor-esque of podcast networks that I know of. Oh. But we do, Daryl uh, uh, and myself and Donnie Salvo do uh, general TV talk over on Nothing's On, and I get the feeling our next episode is going to be huge because we have oh, a lot of new God. shows to talk about. Just, uh, here comes the flood. Uh, but yeah. there's all, all kinds of other great shows over there, too. The Comic Rack Snark Fest, uh, No Apologies, of course. Um, the uh, Yeah, I Said It, uh, J.K.'s Happy Hour, uh, Arts and Crap, uh, all kinds of great shows over at the Taylor Network. So, oh, and Rancid Raves now with Renee and Mike. Yes. Who I've known forever and ever and ever. I'm glad, they're, glad they found somewhere to go rant and rave because those guys are awesome. The Pamp, as it were. <laughs> uh, so until next week where we have a lot more shows to talk about uh, in the DC TV universe uh, thank you guys for joining me and we are ghosts good night Great. Does it, does it, they got something to say? Now they're turning to say.